Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. This is our season two premiere. Yahoo! So we're going to get right into it and today's episode... Ta-da! The World Beard and Moustache Championships. Well, there's Full Beard Natural. Full Beard Styled Mustache. Natural Mustache. Styled Mustache. English Mustache. Dali Mustache. Hungarian Freestyle Mustache. Sideburns. Sideburns Freestyle. Imperial Partial Beard. Natural Goatee. Uh, Chinese Mustache. Fu Manchu. A musketeer Mustache. Uh, cheek Beard Freestyle. Freestyle in general. And then Alaska Whaler. Or if you picture like the Gordon's Fish Guy. Yeah, that's a good one. The World Beard and Mustache Championship is an amazing event, and it's a gathering of facial hair enthusiasts. These men and some women that we'll talk about later, they take enormous pride in growing their facial hair into the most extravagant shapes and sculptures possible. And also sometimes just a perfectly natural fantastic beard absolutely yeah. there's beauty all of in it. all of it yes the world beard and mustache or moustache championship takes place every two years in a different location around the world and the next one is happening in may in belgium we caught up with ronnie vermuln the president of antwerp's beard and mustache club to learn more about what to expect from the 2019 world beard and mustache championships well, I'm uh, Ronnie Vermeulen. I'm uh, president of the uh, Snorri Club Antwerpen. That means the Moustache Club from Antwerp, Belgium. And we are organizing the World Beard and Moustache Championships in uh, May 2019. Well, I've been a member of the World Beard and Moustache Association since the beginning. And I think it was 2004. And we've been to many uh, world championships but never intended to organize one of our, uh, of our own. But then a couple of years ago, our uh, English friends from the Handlebar Club asked us, why not do it in Antwerp? And then um, maybe we drink a little too much beer, and we said, yes, we will do it. <laughs> so now, now we're kind of stuck with it, but uh, no problem. We're uh, ready, and we'll go for it. Back in 2004, when the World Beard and Mustache Association came to be, it was for a very specific purpose. It was to be sure that there was only one world championship, because I guess there was a lot vying for different world championships. Possibly. Yeah, I guess. A lot of beards out there. And then we talked about forming the association to be sure that there is only one world championship every two years. And uh, people could uh, ask, organize it, and then the council would decide which country will organize it. So every time there is a world championship, we decide on who's going to organize it four years uh, further. So when we do it in 2019, uh, it will be decided which uh, country or club will organize it in 2023. They are very organized. Not only do they get together to discuss when and where they're going to have the next one, they also meet once a month and also do other activities. Um, like visiting some fairs, walking around. We have a, a giant, a giant uh, puppet uh, that we take along with us in uh, parades and things like that. Really? So we're always, yeah, we have, yeah. That's so cool. What uh, does it look it, like? Like a guy with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should have probably guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the championship, but I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can you tell me what type of beard or mustache you are personally fond of and that you grow? Well, mine is a, a musketeer mustache. 
So it is a mustache with a small beard. How old were you when you first started growing an elaborate musketeer? Oh, I think for the musketeer, that's about 15 years ago, I think. So I'm 60 now. It, you know, it'll be somewhere around 45. Do you remember a time in your adult life that you didn't have facial hair? Yes, uh, when I was uh, something like 18, 19 years old. And I went to the army and I shaved off my little mustache in that time. But then uh, I thought I looked, uh, I had a baby face. <laughs> and uh, then after the, after my service in the army, I started growing mustache again and never shaved it anymore. I bet that's a common reason for a lot of people to grow facial hair for the first time. Is they have a baby face? They yeah. Have, they have a baby face? That was hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> because they have a baby face yeah i think that might be common yeah that's why i will not shave my beard i look very funny without it you look great with a beard though well, so you. i i don't know why you would ever shave it right and i won't it took me so <laughs> long to grow it like we're gonna hear in these stories that a lot of these guys had beards at 13 right i grew my first goatee at 30 oh my gosh yeah. Luckily, it was a style then. But That's true, actually. When I met you, you did not have facial hair, and I can attest, you look yep. better with facial hair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 100%, 100%. 100%. right. So aside from the musketeer, there right. are a ton of other categories. Right. Who knew that there were so many styles and types of beards and mustaches? Yeah, I think we have about uh, 16, 17 categories now, but there are three main categories. It's mustaches, uh, partial beards, and full beards. When they all three are divided in four or six categories, like mustaches, you have a Dali mustache, you have the natural, the English mustache, uh, Hungarian, all kinds of types. But before the championship, you have to go to the pre-jury and they will see if you fit in that category or not. If you don't fit, they will ask you to choose another category. One neat thing is that the jury, the judges, and all the rules are defined by the club that is hosting the competition that year. They have a lot of leeway in what happens at the championship, what categories there are, and in Belgium. Belgium in 2019, Ronnie will have a Best in Show award. If, you, uh, if you're going for an overall winner, of course, you have to choose one person. And mostly it's one of the bearded category because they have the greatest portrait of hair. And you can do a lot with it, of course. <laughs> I love that phrase, the greatest portrait of hair. Indeed. And boy, do they do a lot with it. Mm -hmm. Ronnie describes a few of the standouts for us. Yeah, these are pretty crazy. Oh, yes. Uh, maybe I can tell you about uh, one winner, Elmar Weiser from Germany. And uh, right in Berlin, uh, he had uh, the Brandenburger Tor in, uh, in his beard created. What? But he's a hair. Yeah, it's very strange. And when he was in, uh, in England, he had the Tower Bridge in his beard. It's oh, my gosh. Incredibly. And like in, in Norway, there was, a, I think it's called a sleigh with the, the, the reindeer all in his beard. Oh. It's, it's really awesome. You are blowing my mind. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. certainly is. That is amazing. What about some of the more elaborate mustaches? Well, uh, in mustaches, you also have a, a freestyle. And uh, you know, one of the Americans, he had like an, uh, a spoon and a fork. <laughs> with his mustache hair and of course he was wearing a, a cook's hat and he had some cook's uh, tools in his hand so it, it looked kind of funny hilarious hilarious do people often incorporate themes and and costumes into the presentation yeah and of course they uh, do uh, they dress up 
uh, also like the mustache of the, the person they want to create. But it should only uh, be about the mustache or the beard. But of course, when you dress up a bit, it will make a difference in the points of the jury. I love that even for facial hair, there's always fancy dress. <laughs> always. Always. Man, do we love some costumes. Yep. So they dress up to accentuate the beard and the mustache. But of course, the beard and the mustache are the most important parts of the costume. There's a couple of other rules as well. Well, you cannot use uh, unnatural colors. So you, can't, you don't paint your beard uh, uh, blue or purple or things like that. It has to be a, a natural color. And also, you're not allowed to use any hard things on your beard. Everything you do must be with uh, either uh, gel or wax or uh, hairspray. These things are all allowed, but no really uh, material things like plastic or iron. Or... Nothing foreign for support. No, no. Speaking of support, ha, ha, ha. Aha, <laughs> uh, there is a large community that supports these competitions, and they make sure to get together as much as possible. Yeah, 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 we certainly do. We have the board of the World Beard and Moustache Association. We have a Skype meeting almost every Sunday evening. It's not really a meeting. It's just with chatting around and asking about families and things you're going to do. And, of course, every two years when we meet at the championships, you always see people that you only see once in two years. So it's always nice to... Uh, meet again and have a drink together and talk about everything you want to talk about. Uh, Women, beer, eating, drinking, (laughs) things like that. Beer, eating, drinking, and beards. Perfect. And women. And women. Don't forget women. Sorry. Of course, of course. (laughs) All right. So that's how the competition breaks down. Let's get a glimpse of some of the competitors. And I think they're going to be rather colorful. That's right. First up, we got a world champion for you. MJ Johnson. My name is MJ Johnson. I'm a four-time national beard and mustache champion and a current world beard and mustache champion. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and my first contest was in Austin, Texas. I uh, was going online and I saw photos of the world beard and mustache championships uh, earlier in the year in Alaska, and I was a little bit blown away. I didn't know beards and mustaches could reach that level, so I thought it might be fun to give it a go just a little bit to see what actually happened at a beard contest. Uh, I was online. I found that there was a contest in Texas, and I was like, wow, that's really far away. Uh, So I threw it by my wife. I was like, hey, you like Austin, Texas, right? She's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I sold it. That's good. (laughs) I was like, why don't don't we go down there, and I want to go to this beard contest, too. And I thought she'd laugh it off, but she really was into it. She's like, yeah, let's go. Let's book it. I was like, great, let's do it. (laughs) So we went down to Austin, Texas, and uh, I was in just the mustache category. And it was was like a turning point in my life, almost. Uh, There was hundreds of people there. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top was one of the judges. They were filming for a TV show called Whisker Wars, which is... (laughs) You can watch it on Netflix. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty amazing. It's just on beard contests in general. Oh my gosh! I made a whole bunch of friends. It was a huge party. I lost. I did not. Definitely didn't win. I didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, I didn't know what what to do. What people were looking for. I didn't know it was so that it was that big of a deal. Like there was so much going on. What was that competition in um, Austin oh, that- called? That was the uh, was held by the Austin Facial Hair Club, and it was the uh, Misprint Championships. 
so to speak, but, which is the now the event is now called uh, "Come and Shave It." And I think they're <laughs> on year like thirteen now or something. Oh my god, that might be my favorite title of a contest ever. Come and shave it. That's yep. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so you competed in the mustache category. You said you didn't do yeah. well, but what did you do? Which part of the mustache category were you in? Um, I was in the styled mustache category. And what I had going on at the time, uh, I was just uh, grew out a mustache and my, the ends of them just start to, when I have a bunch of wax, like loose wax in it, they would just make curls that kind of head down, like cork, two corkscrews on each side. And uh, it would look pretty cool to me, but it definitely wasn't the top notch. There was uh, like three people that had won at uh, the national championships and world championships there. Wow! In my category, I was I was like, wow, I need to level up here. I got to do a little <laughs> bit better. The MC actually goofed on me. He found out I was from Minnesota, and he said my mustache had like little curls. He said they looked like Nellie Olson's hair from Little House on the Prairie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's all right. So needless to say, I switched out of that style into something different. <laughs> so, which is a good thing because now I have uh, have my own style. So, yeah, there was a lot to learn at the first one, I tell you that. As you heard in that last segment, Kim is tickled by whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. All right. So when you hear about MJ, he might be familiar to you he's been on television before when you see him you're gonna go oh yeah i've seen that dude yeah the style that he actually has now is pretty iconic some call it the huge mustache by some i mean me it's like uh, my mustache blends into my sideburns i shave uh, my chin and my neck all the way up to the jawline and then uh it makes it makes like a gigantic mustache on my face it's uh, somebody measured at one time it's like 18 or 19 inches across so it's like a one and a half foot mustache kind of looks like on your face that uses your mustache and sideburns all in one solid piece like that in a smaller version it has a category called the imperial but uh it's too big to be in that now so some people call it the illegal imperial <laughs> <laughs> are you technically in a freestyle category then yeah yeah i would be in a partial beard freestyle or sideburns freestyle gotcha so you said a foot and a half sometimes it's hard for people to visualize uh, measurements are we talking like about as long as your forearm on each side yeah like yeah that's probably about accurate i think it's even a little bit bigger than that now because i have i stopped trimming so i'm just going to go for like sheer size at this point phenomenal so yeah phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> sheer size you think he was making a pun there with the shearing. With the shearing. It's, yeah. it's plausible. <laughs> Man, you guys have got to go check out a picture of MJ. We have a picture of him on the website. His mustache is absolutely crazy. I just thought of a way to visualize how big it is. How's that? All right. Put your hand on your... Make a fist. Mm -hmm. Put your hand on the side of your face with your mm -hmm. arm up. Yep. Do it on the other side too. Yep. That's how big his beard, his yep, beard that's is. That's what I meant by the yeah. forearm. Yeah. But we still really want you to go actually right. look at it. Go now. Go check it out. We're going to wait right here until you get back. Go on. I can tell you're still here. Yeah. You didn't go yet. Yeah. There you go. Huh? Right? <laughs> uh, right? 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 It's like two horns coming out the side of his face. <laughs> right. Well, he's put that look to good use and been successful at competitions around the world. 
since then, um, I won the Minnesota State Championship, uh, Wisconsin State Championship, did uh, California, multiple contests on the East Coast, uh, competed and got second place at the World Championships in Germany. I got uh, fourth place at the World Championships in Austria, uh, won national championships in Portland, New York, uh, New Orleans. I mean, it was it was off Las Vegas. It was awesome. So Super I kind of... Cool. Uh, Made the tour a little bit, and everything went really well. The photos go crazy viral. Um, After almost every contest, I just get, like, flooded with uh, texts or messages or tags from, (laughs) like, the photos will end up in, you know, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, CNN, Cosmopolitan, Ripley's Believe It or Not, National Geographic. They just go, they go and go and go. It hasn't always been snips and snails and puppy dogs tails with a beard, though. Not all sunshine and rainbows. Not all sugar and spice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started growing really early. I had a like a dirt stash or like a crust stash in junior <laughs> high, and uh, I would get made fun of for it um, almost endlessly. Um, I would get uh, I get goofed on by some girls, and I would go home and try to try to shave it off or you know try to get rid of it. I, I got. So that feeling of kind of getting goofed on early on, now it's like a trademark for me is a kind of a really, really fun turnaround. I remember, I mean, back in the day, my beard goes in pretty fast. And I, I used to be a sales rep at a job that I didn't like. And I, I had shaved earlier in the morning and went to the meeting at like 3 o'clock and my beard had grown back a little bit already. And my boss has gotten ahead of me saying I'm not taking things seriously by not shaving for a meeting. So I got in trouble there. This other job that I had that I didn't like, I had a like a really nice, like shorter beard and I liked it. But the boss came up to me with uh, in the middle of the shift with a can of uh, shaving cream and a razor blade. No. And said that they have important people coming in today and that he's gonna need me to go and shave. And I was bummed. I did it, I felt bad about it, but I wanted to keep the job where I needed the job. So my association with it was people don't like it. You know, I can get in trouble. So then all of a sudden, tides turned. And uh, being able to do these things and to be welcomed or celebrated almost for having a sweet beard feels really good. I I thought that something, I could tell after like one or two years into it that something big was either going to happen or could happen because in the first uh, national championships I went to, in Vegas, I ended up having a photo in Sports Illustrated. So I was like, "Wait a minute here! <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is something." And then it's just kind of snowballed ever since then. So at the very beginning, I didn't think that anything would come of it. I just wanted to kind of throw my hat into the into the ring. And then, uh, but I could tell after the first one that I saw something could happen, and I wanted to try at it. Obviously, a lot of work goes into that look. And in case you imagined him walking around like that every day, he does not. No, no way. I would hate that. That would be too much. Um, it's uh, Well, first of all, your peripheral vision is way down. Um, like, I can't see out the sides if I, uh, if I have it styled up. And that makes driving tough. So I wouldn't want that. Plus, it takes like an hour or two to do it. So that's just too much oh. time on a daily basis. So... I have a couple looks um, that I use. You know, like those little small rubber bands that are kind of meant for hair? Sure. 
I put like uh, I put like eight or ten of those on each sideburn on each side, and it kind of looks like a like a really long Viking mustache. Or I'll just put like a couple of the bigger bands in it, and it's uh, it's really functional. It's easy, and uh, I, I really like I really like walking around like that in general. But if I know there's like a, an event or a special occasion. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely style up. You said it takes you about an hour to style up. What type of products do you use? Um, well, for uh, there's the I only use one like uh, product product. It's got to be glued. It's a hairspray that you're supposed to use for mohawks and like uh, like really like crispy hairstyles. Yep. But I just use that for my beard because it's got a ton of hold. Like I can walk out into wind conditions and I'll be all right. I actually went, I, I didn't know I was going kayaking one day. And I had styled up earlier in the day and I'm like, wow, this is going to be brutal. I'm going to come out of here looking like a wet dog or something. But I was like, whatever, we're going to go. We were in Europe at the time. And I was like, this year, you're never going to get a chance to kayak in the Mediterranean again. So let's do it. So with two hours of kayaking in the Mediterranean, <laughs> wind getting splashed. I got out of there and the Imperial looked better than when I got in because it got like ruffled up from the wind and it was really big. So yeah, it's got, it's got a lot of hold to it. So I kind of, I kind of stick with that. Oh my gosh. What does your wife think about all this? Well, she is uh, more surprised than me. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, I mean, she saw it go from, I I just had like a, like a bare face when we got married. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's got like a two-foot mustache on her face, on his face. So, but she likes it. the The travel is there. She, um, you make a ton of friends at these beard contests. Like you make a lot of friends. And so she, I have friends all over the country and world. And so does she because of it too. So the people aspect of it, the people and adventure aspect of it is awesome. Plus we work together. And when I say work together, I mean, I let her pick everything, but we work together on like the outfits (laughs) I wear for the contest. And it's a huge help. Like if you're, I wouldn't have even picked somebody at the beginning, I would just show up in like a t-shirt or something, but now I leveled up with her, like getting, getting outfits going. So we kind of work together as a team. As we mentioned earlier, uh, MJ did really well in the 2017 World Beard and Mustache Competition. In fact, he won the Cheek Beard Freestyle category. I'm not even sure what that is, but it sounds cool. Uh, The 2017 competition was held in Austin, Texas, which was put on by the Austin Facial Hair Club, which brings us to our next guest, the VP of Communications for the Austin Facial Hair Club, Taylor Weldon. A.K.A. Bad Taylor. That's right. My name is Taylor Weldon. My official title is uh, VP in Communications of Austin Facial Hair Club. Oh, man. So how did I get involved with the Facial Hair Club? I, uh, I started growing out this kind of crazy mustache uh, years ago. I just, you know, I just thought it was fun and, you know, whatever. I'd, I could always grow facial hair really, really easily, if that makes any sense. When I was 13 years old, I was uh, growing like a full beard. And at that time... I was a little bit embarrassed by it because all of my peers, you know, they weren't getting facial hair. So I'm here shaving every single morning to try to look like everyone else. And, you know, I guess I just sort of embraced it later on in life and was like, you know what, I guess these genes of mine, you know, they allow me to grow facial hair really rapidly, I guess, and uh, (laughs) might as well just go with it. So I I grew out a mustache and a short beard. I I rotated through lots of different facial hairstyles and um, I ended up with, your traditional, you know, curly handlebar mustache. 
So his mustache was so impressive that he was recruited by the Austin Facial Hair Club. I was working a farmer's market in Austin, Texas, and I see this guy walking to the farmer's market, and I've seen him around town. He's kind of hard to miss. He's got a beard down below his belt buckle, and uh, I think I even knew his name. His name is Brian Nelson, and I've, he's just a man about town. I've, I see him everywhere. Like I said, hard to miss with a beard that big. He walks up, and he says, hey, man, nice mustache. And I was like, okay. And she's like, so uh, you should you should come with us to Norway. I was like, what? <laughs> Who's us? What, what's going on in Norway? What? And he just laughs. He's like, beard club. And uh, I had no idea what, what I was getting into. And he's like, yeah. Uh, and he told me, he's like, tomorrow there's an Austin Facial Hair Club meeting, and we're going to be discussing about sending several of our members over to, to Norway to compete in the World Beard and Mustache Championship. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll check this meeting out. And I showed up the next day, and it was just a whole bunch of really cool people from different backgrounds of life. I mean, you got software engineers, you have lawyers, you have chefs, you have so, – I mean, it's such a wide variety of people. And that's the whole reason that they're together is just facial hair. It's a really cool <laughs> way to, to meet people. What was it like walking into that bar? It was a big meeting. There might have been 15 dudes with beards and mustaches and chops and, you know, all sorts of different facial hair. And I'm a pretty confident guy. But, you know, I got to say, I was like, whoa. (laughs) I was kind of taken back a second. But, yeah, it was a little intimidating, I got to say. But everyone was very nice. You know, it wasn't – I think a lot of people think we're like a biker gang or something. But everyone's really nice and funny and good-hearted people. All right. Well, let's talk about the fun stuff. Did you end up going to Norway? Uh, yes, I went to Norway for the, the 2013 World Data Mustache Championships. Um, and then 15 was Germany. 2017 was in a little place called uh, Austin, Texas. <laughs> and then 2019 will be Belgium. And 2021 will be um, New Zealand. Very cool. Well, let's talk about your first big one in Norway. What was that experience like? So that was wild. I mean, I'd been overseas many times before that, but never Norway. Um, you know, traveling with a whole bunch of young, rambunctious Texans, it, it definitely stirred the pot in the World Beard and Mustache Championships. Because traditionally, and, and now I'm, I'm friends with these guys, it's traditionally a bunch of European men, you know, in their 50s, up, up into their 70s, um, maybe as low as in their 40s. And, you know, we're showing up there mid to late 20s folks, some 30s and 40s, but a younger demographic for sure, showing up with a suitcase full of whiskey bottles, cowboy hats, and, you know, <laughs> we're, we're having a good time. It definitely stirred the pot. They're like, who the hell is this? We, we were the most represented city in the world at the, at the 2013 World Beard and Mustache Championships. But um, that was a lot of fun. It was very different from what we were accustomed to from our contests. And again, not better or worse, just a little bit more conservative, if you will. There's no cursing on stage. You know, we, we have a, a comedian, uh, Matt Bearden, he, and, and also Paul Hendricks, um, who are super witty and a lot of fun. They interview every competitor and they, you know, make jokes. And um, we're there. It's very, you know, strict. And you walk up, you show your number to the judges, you continue walking, and then you go stand in line. <laughs> um, so that that part was a little bit different, um, a little bit more structured and things like that. Did that structure um, make you nervous at all? Mm, 
Not really, and that was probably because of all the bourbon that we brought over in our luggage. But yeah, it was definitely eye-opening, you know, to be called into the room where they hold your category, which mine at the time was called Musketeer. And uh, you walk into a room and you're up with 12 different dudes, all who probably speak a different language. So you, you immediately just like nodding at each other <laughs> and like looking at each other and just staring at each other and waiting to go out to get, you know, your number called and knowing that someone in that room is going to become the next world champion in the next few minutes. For those of you keeping score at home, so far we have two musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get to three? The anticipation is building. It is. So, as we mentioned before, the club hosting has control over all aspects of the competition, and that extends to our favorite part. Trophies! Trophies! Well, fancy dress is our favorite part, but trophies is our second favorite part. Accurate. Yeah. So, for the world championships, they're all unique. Um, and they try to spin it where it's something related to the host country. For example, Austria, they have these giant chunks of quartz, which are uh, known for uh, coming from that region of Austria. Um, I'm trying to remember when I won a trophy in Germany, that was just like a kind of a big gold trophy, like a big cup. And in Norway, I forget what the trophies looked like. I remember really wanting one. <laughs> but um, none of us were able to bring one home. Right. But all, it really depends on what the club has at their disposal. And, you know, because it's once we were given the uh, honor to host the world, it's like, okay, you figure out trophies, you figure out everything. Our trophies were pretty cool. We, uh, we worked with a local uh, sign and um, trophy shop that we've been working with for years and years. And they were just, you know, big gold trophies that, we definitely made sure they were big, but, you know, traditional trophy, as you can imagine it in your head. These guys are so passionate about their facial hair. Right. It's more than just competing at this point. It's who they are. Right. It's part of their element. This is how I feel naturally, if that makes sense. I, I feel like people say, like, aren't you wearing a mask? And I'm like, if I cut my beard off, then I feel like I'm wearing a mask. So the guy that Taylor mentioned earlier that had helped Taylor get his start in competitive beard and mustache world <laughs> events. Bearding. That's right. His name is Brian Nelson. And Brian is very active in all things organizational when it comes to beard and mustache associations and competing. And he's a heck of a nice guy. Uh, my name is Brian Nelson, and I'm the president and one of the founders of the Austin Facial Hair Club. I'm also um, one of the vice presidents of the WBMA, which is the World Beard and Mustache Association. And I'm also the president of the North American Competitive Beard and Mustache Association. I've had a beard for a long time, um, since the 90s, before I knew about beard competitions or whatever. And I think in the very late 90s, people started telling me, oh, there's this thing, you know, there's a beard, world beard competition. And I just never thought it was something that I could do. And then years later, uh, there was a little group in Austin, a little magazine called Misprint Magazine, and they started a totally tongue-in-cheek bearded mustache competition, and I was asked to judge it. And then our club formed right when they were starting that too, and then just kind of took off from there. We formed the Austin Facial Hair Club with the primary objective of going to Alaska for the 2009 World Bearded Mustache Championships. Just because there was a group of us, there's like four guys, and we had some friends and girlfriends and 
soon-to-be wives that wanted to come. There's, you know, it's a great reason to go to Alaska. Any reason is a good reason to go to Alaska, I guess. But we were like, hey, let's go do this. It seems like fun. So that was the first time that you competed globally? That's the first time. Yeah, that was actually the first time I went to compete anywhere. And what was it like? It was really fun. Um, Everyone was super, it was way more uh, inviting than I guess I thought it would be. Everyone's really friendly. It's kind of like an instant family reunion just because there's all these people around that are kind of like-minded, at least in the area of doing something weird with their facial hair. (laughs) And there's lots of people from Europe and Australia and like all over the place. And the language barrier quickly got broken down by pints of beer and ale. It was just so much. It was just a lot of fun and really inviting. And then we're all hooked. That sounds like a great time, actually. Yeah, Finding like-minded people that have fun with their face hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what all these competitions are about, right? Right, right. Community of like-minded people. Well, let's hear more about Brian and his beard. Oh, yeah. His beard is epic. It is. It is beautiful. Usually, I compete in full beard natural, which is a category that's just like it sounds. It's, there's no styling aids. It's just you and your beard. And what would someone do in the natural category to up their chances? Is Do you guys do you brush it out or anything? Yeah, I mean, people, you can brush it and you can use like a normal amount of uh, oil or beard balm or whatever. You know, you're not supposed to use hairspray or gel. You know, it's just they're, they're, usually the judges are looking for just a natural beard. I don't know. People wear funny outfits. People have little, you know, juggling routines or whatever they think is going to enhance their image in the judge's mind. Have you people ever done anything like that? Prizes. Juggling? No, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm usually pretty reserved. It's kind of a weird thing. Like, you wouldn't think you would get nervous doing something like that. But you, then suddenly you're about to get on stage and all these people are watching you and you're like, uh, you oh, can't really do anything. Maybe that would can, totally like, make me nervous. Around. That absolutely sounds yeah. like something that would <laughs> invoke nerves. Um, <laughs> how have you done in competition, aside from occasionally being a little nervous? Have you ever placed or won? In a world competition, I got second in 2013 in Full Beard Natural. That's the highest I've made it in, in the world stage. I have lots of other uh, first place and best in show accolades from around the country. Just like everyone else, Brian's got an origin story for his beard. <laughs> got to start somewhere. Once I was able to grow facial hair, I grew really long sideburns, which I took were the extent that the school would let me. They're kind of strict uh, dress codes in Texas. But they were pretty long. I mean, they were like kind of Wolverine-style sideburns. I was surprised they let me have it that long. Nice. And I don't know. I just thought that uh, – I always thought that adults, adult men, looked cool with their beards. Like I always wondered why everyone always shaved. You know, you see historical pictures or Wild West pictures where – People were being, you know, uh, really individualistic and unique people. And then everyone had weird, some weird facial hair, mustache or a wild beard. Or there were a lot of, it seems like there was a lot of more, uh, a lot more styles back then. And I just thought that was cool. And then somewhere in the early 90s, I read that, like, I wasn't really happy with how my beard was growing. Uh, I've had like a little, like, wouldn't connect. My mustache wouldn't connect to my beard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like a little space by my mouth. But then I read somewhere that, Every guy, once in their life, they should grow their beard out for at least one year to see what it really looks like. And I did that, and then um, it filled everything filled in, and I kind of basically never went back. So he is never looking back, and instead he's looking forward to Belgium. I am ready to go and see what see where that takes us. They're also um, adding the ladies or whiskerina or craft categories to their competition, which we were the first ones to add in Austin at the, as far as an official category goes. 
for a world competition, and it's really cool that the Belgium guys, Belgian people, decided to also add the um, Whiskerina categories. It's amazing. These uh, really creative women and some men, they just make these beards out of yarn or wire or paper mache or different craft items, and they just come up with the most amazing whimsical creations. That's super awesome. cool, and it's really hard to like. If I've been a judge in front of them many times and it's so hard to judge because everything is just amazing we had one lady with a uh, she had a, a live fish in ah! a fish bowl that was in her beard what had like the whole like uh, mountain scenes with smoking tor- smoking volcanoes and i think there was a cat woman lady who had a cat with her it was so cool it's all it's all so cool that is awesome. And how great that the very next competition after yours is going to continue that tradition. The odds of it taking legs now and always being a thing are going to be so much higher. Uh, yeah, I really hope so. And I'm pretty sure that in New Zealand, which is the landing spot for 2021, and Auckland, New Zealand, they're they're going to do it too. My oldest daughter, Olympia, she's the current reigning third place uh, freestyle mustache champion. What? So that's pretty great. When did she yeah, start she competing? She, well, she started competing before she knew, before she could talk. My wife used her as a prop several times in different um, beard competitions. <laughs> we would draw little beards on her, mustaches. And... Then she started competing just because it's something that we do as a family sometimes. We'll go to uh, different cities, kind of make a little family road trip out of it. It's fun. We're oh. trying not to force it on her. So if she wants to do it, she can do it. And then she makes her own beards. Or her own mustaches. That so that's is good. So cool. What is um what is her material of choice or does she mix it up? She mixes it up. She usually does some sort of elastic strap and then glues things to the strap. So like it'll be like kind of like a headband, but it'll go from under her nose over her ears. For the world she had used some um feathers from a rooster that we had killed and eaten. <laughs> She was pretty proud of that. I think the Whiskerinas part is awesome. Absolutely. And I can't believe that his daughter competes and is a world champion. Right. Yeah, I looked at some of the pictures and I was, you know, I was like, oh, this should be interesting. But I was blown away by the art and the technique that these ladies do. It's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, if a guy's not prone to growing, right. he can also join the Whiskerina. Yeah. It'd be yeah. awesome. Or craft. Craft beard. Yes. it's called. <laughs> Very cool and very, very inclusive. So any of you out there, male or female, if you are ready to start growing or creating some sort of facial hair, go to our website, RochambeauPodcast.com. You can link over from there to the World Beard and Mustache Championship. Learn more and maybe consider joining your local facial hair club. Right. Get on out there and grow. All right. Check this out. During our season break, we got an email from Scott Sakura, who hosts a podcast called The Beardcaster. He had heard me being interviewed on a different podcast. That's a podcast about podcasting. He was so intrigued by our idea of competitions, he wanted to make sure that we knew that there were beard competitions and that he does a podcast specifically about beard competitions. Coincidentally enough, we told him that's going to be our season two premiere. I'm like, you don't know how tickled I, I mean, literally it was the day I was listening to that and I heard you talking about these competitions. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And then I send that email and then you respond back and I was like, what are the chances of that? Hi, my name is Scott Sakura and I am the Beardcaster. Well, I started at the end of 2015, so I'm going on about 18 years right now. Um, I'm not really good with math and subtraction and stuff. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell me about your beard or your facial hair. What what do you have going on? I have natural goatee, um, and that's categorized as a beard that's not connected from ear to ear. I don't know exactly how long it is right now, but uh, it just I've been growing it for nine and a half years. I trim it constantly to keep it nice and healthy and thick and full because when you go to competitions and stuff, the judges are looking for you know, really nice, healthy, thick, full, colorful beards. And, you know, those will get you the most points and stuff like that. Somehow I stumbled upon this whole weird thing of the beard community and competitions and stuff like that. And it was like, then I found my home. And it's like, I've never felt like more, like just in touch with, with a group of people. And it's so family oriented. And it's just like, you, you make such great friends. And it's like, I, I, it's like this whole time, my whole life that, growing a beard, I've been missing one thing and I finally found it with this. You found your community. I did. And it's, it's changed my life dramatically. I mean, I, th- that part has, but also doing the podcast because the podcast has made me dive deeper into what it's really all about. And it's made, it's, it's really unearthed a lot of things that I, just being a competitor, I never would have gotten to know about. So when you started the Beardcaster, what was your vision for it? What did you want to do? I had been wanting to start a podcast since the late 2000s. And I kept always dreaming. I'm like, I want to start a podcast. I, you know, I want to start a podcast. What do I really, what am I really passionate about? And I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, well, he's like, you do a lot of beard stuff. So why don't you talk about beards? I'm like, you know, it's just really actually kind of smart. And then he's like, well, what would you name it? And I'm like, well, I don't know, the Beardcaster. <laughs> and but I mean it was like literally that quick that fast and I went and looked for the URL it was available and I'm like I bought it and I'm like this is it I'm doing it and I'm like I'm just gonna start talking to people at competitions and my vision ultimately was to try to expand the world of competitive bearding to introduce people to the people that are involved in the scene the people that are doing the great things the charities that were helping out it's it's making a difference I, that was like my reason it was my reason to, you know, to share what was going on. How cool is that, right? Right. So special thanks to Ronnie, MJ, Taylor, Brian, and of course, Scott, the Beardcaster. And if you want to get to know some more extraordinary competitors, check out the Beardcaster podcast. You can find it everywhere you find our podcast. So you guys know one of our goals here at Rochambeau is to encourage you to get out there and try new things. And if you guys are in Atlanta, Georgia, and you've never checked out the Little Five Points Halloween Parade, we highly encourage you to do so. It's coming up soon, Saturday, October 20th. Ted and I will be there and we will be on foot in the parade. We are joining the crew of Optical Delusions. So if you guys come to the parade and you see our crew, please come and say hi to Ted and I. We would love to meet you. We want to thank Cadillac Jones for the music for this episode and all our episodes. They're awesome. If you get a chance to see them, go check them out. So aside from our podcasts being available on RochambeauPodcast.com, we have plenty of pictures to go along with each episode. And we've also started a new section called Otter Still. Otter Still. Not O-T-T-E-R. Although we did consider making a little, um, what do you call it? Like a mascot? mascot? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> which I think should still be on the table. I think we ought to do it. Yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. 
Otter Still is a section on the website that is articles about competitions and events that just for one reason or another aren't quite appropriate for a podcast, but we still wanted to tell you guys about them. Yeah. And hey, we're always asking you for subscriptions and reviews because honestly, it's really the best way for us to grow this podcast. But right now we are in a friendly competition with some other podcasters who are on the same hosting platform that we are. And if we can get the most subscribers between today and the first of next month, we will win a free month of hosting. This sounds a lot like a pledge drive. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you get something for free, you do something that's free. Yeah, do it now. Why not? Until next time, people. Goodbye. Well, it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows with a beard, though. It hasn't always been snips and snails and puppy dogs' tails with a rain with a beard, though. It hasn't always been Laverne and Shirley with a beard, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.